podcast listeners. Welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 43. That's my age. I am 43 years old and this is episode 43. So that's uh, only going to happen once, I guess, unless I waited like a lot of months to record episode 44. Oh no, I guess, yeah, no, I'd have to wait. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so today I am recording a blog cast about um, the the television show Nashville. Um, I don't know if you guys watch Nashville. Um, I became somewhat obsessed not so long, well, when it came out. Um, But this this is my farewell to Nashville blog post. Um, I don't think you have to watch Nashville to be interested in this. Or maybe you do. I don't know. Um, But I know there have been some people who are not Nashville washers who are still interested. So stick around to listen to a blog about Nashville, feminism, and uh, stuff. And so without further ado, I think... Let's, um, let's do this. I'm done watching Nashville, and it's probably not why you think. No one was more surprised than me when I became a fan of Nashville, the TV show about country music stars. It happened after I read an interview with Callie Corey, the show's creator, in which she explained how much her feminism was informing the show. In 2012, there weren't many folks in show business talking about their feminist work, so I sought the show out immediately. And I loved it. The show did so many things I'd not seen before on TV. Multiple women at the center. Women grappling with power. Women grappling with sexism in the music business. It seemed to have a female gaze, even when directed by men. There was a scene in the first season that was one of the sexiest I'd seen on broadcast TV. The show was bold. And it didn't let us forget that the nice man we all liked so much was once a violent alcoholic. It dealt with domestic violence in a harrowing and sensitive way. The show wasn't perfect. It was soapy as hell, and it lost its few characters of color pretty early on. But it was always an empowering blend of music, ambition, and relationships. This year, after being dropped by CBS previously, it was picked up and given a fifth season by Country Music TV, which is a very logical choice. I was excited to see it return after such a long hiatus. But from the beginning of this new season, I felt a strange lack of ease around watching it. The cast was still in place, the characters aligned with their histories, the music still at the center. But I noticed after a few episodes that I just didn't feel like watching it anymore. Something was missing. What I realize now was that Callie Corey was missing. In her showrunner chair are now two men. It takes two men to replace one badass feminist woman, apparently. The show had earned my feminist trust, so things that would normally be red flags for me didn't flag at first. At first, I was so glad to have some people of color back on the show and for them to be acknowledging the existence of racial tension, however awkwardly. I was so busy applauding the inclusion of a trans character, I missed what was happening to the other characters. But the show started to irrevocably turn for me when Scarlett, 
who has always been the emotional center of the show, was bullied and sexually exploited by a film director. Because the show had some feminist cred in the bank, I thought that, that it might be handled deftly at some point, like the domestic violence plot in a previous season. I thought that Reina, the woman at the center of the story and a woman with tremendous authority, was going to step in and realize that this video was degrading and horrible and that Scarlett was being gaslit and abused. But no, a young Silicon Valley dude bullied Reina out of intervening. And then, somehow, this film director bully convinces Scarlett that he's shown her something amazing and true about herself by forcing her to wear a low-cut dress and crawl like a cat on a dining room table. And so in the last episode that I will ever watch of this show, she decides she has feelings for him and sleeps with him in his hotel. I hate this plot so hard. And I tried to twist it. I tried to think the best of the show due to aforementioned feminist cred. I thought, oh, oh maybe it's a, a long game. Maybe they're going to have Scarlet work out that she's been gaslit later in the season. Maybe they're sending her on some path of a feminist awakening by pairing her with a gaslighting bully. But I, I don't think so. I think that the new showrunners maybe think they're giving her a sexual awakening brought on by a wise video director who knows what's best for her. They are, after all, such fellows themselves. I think they think this video director seeing Scarlet as a man-eating dynamo prowling through a crowd is somehow empowering. It ain't. I was thinking, before I realized how much had changed in Nashville's world, that this would eventually get sorted. Then I read a review, which exposed me to reviews of the subsequent episodes and discovered that... Spoiler alert, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert, times a lot. If you're going to watch Nashville and don't want it entirely spoiled, skip the next bit, come back in a minute. Spoiler, they've killed off Raina James. Now, I understand that Connie Britton, who plays her, has bigger fish to fry and she wanted to leave the show. So I'm not so much mad that they've killed Raina as much as I'm now sure there will be no extracting themselves from the sexist mess they've gotten themselves into. The thing is, Raina is the only woman with any real authority in the show. She is the only character who can right the wrongs when things go lopsided. She's not just the moral center, she is the only advocate for the younger women in the business. Without her, and without any peers like her, the show doesn't stand a chance of reclaiming its feminist glory. Spoilers complete. When this show started, it sparked articles like, is Nashville the most feminist show on TV? And as an urban feminist, I was surprised to fall in love with Nashville. It's clear to me that that period is over. Nashville has lost its feminist showrunner and so has lost its feminist sensibility. I'm not saying men can't be feminists. They absolutely can be. But these particular men are doing a very bad job at feminist TV making. And this feminist can't bear to watch it anymore. So if you skipped ahead, you're safe. No more spoilers. Um, I, I, 
and although I'm sure like the internet was all a flurry, so you'd probably knew that that the spoiler even if you've never watched the show. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's my post about Nashville. Um, if you want uh, links to some of those articles I mentioned, they are um, on the blog. So if you can click, if you click through to the um, to the blog, you'll be able to click through to several of the articles about the show. Um, yeah, I, it's fun. It's fun since I've posted this. I, I've discovered that quite a few of my friends were watching Nashville and also feeling really upset. And were really they were a lot. I got a lot of thank you. Yes, um, I, I feel like it, it is confusing when something changes its orientation, right? When you when you feel like a show reflects your values and then suddenly it doesn't anymore. It's just like incredibly disorienting. I think too there's a there's a factor where a lot of the people that I heard from are also theater people um and I think this plot with the with this sort of bullying sexist director character probably spoke to to those of us who who work in in theater or film or anything in, in this realm I feel like it probably spoke to to to, to us in a way that maybe it didn't resonate with the average Joe. Um, pretty much every woman I know who has worked as an actor or a singer or something in, in the entertainment business or, you know, the arts really has, has encountered that kind of guy, the like director guy who's going to show you your true self and reveal your empowering amazing sexuality that you didn't even know that you had like that but it's like such a, a thing that a lot of um a lot of dudes who get into power either you know even if it's just like community theater i've seen it happen in community theater where that sort of like patronizing um bullying gaslighting situation happens um uh, especially around you know women's costumes how women are performing their sexy part and oh it's so gross um so uh, so I, it particularly got under my skin because it's um, something i i have seen and i think in life have been waiting for for somebody to address that and take it down and uh and i thought nashville would be the perfect like venue for that but instead, it just perpetrated the same old shit. Anyway, um, so that's a thing. So for a song for you, um, I I learned a song from the Nashville soundtrack years ago. Um, I was kind of obsessed with with a song from the first season of Nashville, and uh, and that song introduced me to Casey Musgraves, um, who wrote the song. Um, and who I'm a fan of now outside of Nashville, but, but I discovered her because I was watching Nashville and then I was listening to the soundtrack from the first season. And anyway, so Casey Musgraves is also great. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not heavy into country music, um, but occasionally there's some stuff that just really speaks to me and Casey Musgraves is, is one of those. Um, so check her out if you're, if you're feeling it. She has a, a song, actually, quite there's there's a few of them but there's one called the good old boys club which is a nice feminist anthem 
Um, so anyway, this is a Casey Musgrave song uh, that was featured in Nashville, and that's why I know about it. And uh, I recorded it for you live in the apartment. And so here it is, Undermine. Sometimes good intentions don't come across so well. Got me analyzing everything that ain't worth thinking about. Just cause I lived through the same hand was dealt to you doesn't make me any less or make any more of you. I wouldn't trade my best day. So you could validate all your fears And if I've only got one shot Won't waste it on a shadow box I'll stand right here Cause it's all talk, talk, talk Talking in the wind And it only slows you down when you start And it's a whole lot harder to shine than undermine, yeah, undermine. First mile is always harder when you're leaving what you know. Wouldn't blame me if you'd stand there waving to me as I go. And I'll always wish the best for you Thought you would see me through my wildest dreams Yeah, the ones you thought I'd never meet Still you would trade your best day Just to have your way All these years But if you've only got one shot It's all talk, 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 talking in the wind. And it only slows you down when you start listening. And it's a whole lot harder to shine than undermine. Yeah, undermine. Sometimes. Good intentions don't come across so 